St. Paul is often known for his rather lofty teachings and sometimes complex explanations of the faith. But in today's second reading, his letter to the Philippians in the third chapter, we get Paul sharing what what we called his, his witness testimony. He just wants to share the truth about Jesus as he has experienced it in his life. And so he just explodes with what's in his, his heart. And it's one of my, my favorite passages in, in all of St. Paul. I'd like to, to look at three specific aspects of, of what he does here today, kind of three pairs of contrasting ideas. And the first of these is the contrast that Paul makes between gain and loss. Here, he begins with this beautiful phrase. He says, I consider everything as a loss because of the supreme good of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have accepted the loss of all things and I consider them so much rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Gain and loss. Paul says that he considers everything loss and even rubbish when compared to knowing Jesus. Now, a couple things here. First, when, when Paul is talking about loss of things, he's not talking about bad things. The verses right before this, that begin the third chapter to the Philippians, he says, hey, I was the best Jew there was. I had everything. I was under the law. I was circumcised. I followed the law perfectly. We hear this in the gospel today. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Paul was a Pharisee. The Pharisees literally believed they were without sin, that they were perfect and lived the law perfectly. So when Paul says he holds everything as rubbish, he's literally saying, even the good I had, the way I followed God with my whole heart under the law, compared to knowing Jesus, that was, that was all rubbish. It's nothing. Because here's the other part, that knowing Christ Jesus, we hear that word know, and I, I think we run the risk of thinking that it's somehow an intellectual thing. I know Jesus, so I've, I've read the scriptures. Maybe I know some stories about Jesus. I know some things he taught. That is, that is not what Paul is talking about. That would not be worthy of, you know, counting everything else rubbish. <laughs> Rather, what he's saying, the, the word to know here in the, the Greek of the New Testament, but especially in the, the Hebrew of the Old Testament, the word to know implies not, not intellectual knowledge, but a deep personal connection, a joining of lives. The word is, is so powerful that in the book of Genesis, the, the Hebrew actually says that Adam knew his wife, Eve, and she conceived as a result of that and bore a son. The word know in the scriptures implies this intimate joining, an intimate knowledge like between husband and wife. That's what St. Paul says he wants. 
He's, he got a little taste of it on the road to Damascus. Remember when Jesus knocked him to the ground and apparently infused him with this deep knowledge. Paul's got it and he wants more of it. And in result of that, he says, okay, all that stuff I had before, the law, the prophets, the scriptures, the covenants, being a good Jew, compared to life with Jesus, that, that's all nothing. So Paul begins with this incredible contrast between gain and loss. He learns how to value things aright. And so I think that's a, a good question for all of us right now. What is it that we're trying to gain? What do we want more than anything that we would sacrifice everything else to get? Well, Paul knows that it's, it's Jesus. That, that's what he wants. He'll sacrifice everything else. What do we want? Would that we could be like Paul and say, I want God. That's what I want. I want God. I want to know Jesus. And notice Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power flowing from his resurrection. Paul has encountered the living resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. And he says, I want that. That is the thing my whole life has to be about. I've got to have that because I too want to share in the resurrection. And then this, this beautiful bit of insight from Paul, he says, to share not just in his resurrection, but then to learn how to share in his sufferings. Mm. Now there's something not easy. Paul gets it though. If he wants Christ, if he wants the resurrection, then he's gotta be like Christ in everything. And that means he too must, like Jesus, count even this life as loss considering the gain of living forever in the resurrection. Do we desire God, life on high, resurrection, enough to say, I will even share in the sufferings of Christ, that even suffering could somehow be a gain when considered in the light of Christ? So gain and loss, this first great insight of Paul. But the second one is all around one particular Greek word that gets translated in our, our lectionary today as taking hold of or taking possession. This word in the Greek is katalambano, and it has multiple meanings, and biblical scholars are not sure exactly which meaning Paul has in mind, because maybe a better English word for this is, is to grasp. Paul says, it's not that I have already grasped Christ. He says, I, I want to, I want to grasp Christ. Now, this word can mean, like in English, if, if I say I, I grasp a concept, it can mean like I get it, I, I understand it. So there is a sense in which Paul probably means Okay, I've, I've got a little bit of insight into Jesus. I want more. I want to I wanna fully grasp Jesus. And that can mean to, to understand, to even to know him better. So this is the, the same word that uh, in a, a race or a competition, think of a, a runner who's running forward. They want to they wanna grasp that prize at the end. 
it's, it's that kind of grabbing as well. It, it means intellectual, perhaps, but it also equally means a physical grabbing hold of. Paul here has this amazing kind of play on words with this katalambano, Greek word. He says, I want to grasp Christ. Good, good. But then he, he has the insight to say, no, it's, it's, it's not that I have already grasped Christ or have already attained maturity. He says, no, no, it's that I have already been grasped by Christ. Now, now here, it probably cannot mean that Christ has somehow understood the concept of Paul. No, no, Paul is saying all this grasping I want to do, I want Jesus, I want Jesus, I want to grab him. Paul realizes even that, no, no, Christ has already grabbed the hold of him. And here he probably very much has that, that incident on the road to Damascus where Jesus appears to him. It's almost as if Jesus just reached out and grabbed a hold of Paul and said, Paul, not this way, that way. Picked him up and set him down on a different path. I think Paul very much experienced that as God reaching out and taking the initiative, grabbing a hold of him. I think that's probably how it would have felt Paul was headed one way. I'm persecuting the church because I love God. I'm going to go arrest these Christians. And Jesus reaches out and grabs him and says, Paul, this way, and plants him on a different path. Notice here that Paul gets it exactly right. As much as we would want to reach out and, and try to understand Jesus, to know him, to grasp Jesus, the initiative is always God's. He's the one that first grabs a hold of us. That's what puts it in our heart in the first place to say, I think I want Jesus. I want to know him more. I want to grasp him. <laughs> no, no, he's grasped you. You're already his. He's holding on to you and he's not going to let go of you. So that can give us, a, I think, a beautiful kind of confidence. Where is Jesus in your life? How do you experience him or have experienced him almost so powerfully that it feels like God just reached out and grabbed a hold of you. That's a, a scary moment, perhaps, but powerful. It's when you realize your life is not about you, that God's got you and he's got a plan. Where have you been grasped by Christ? Where has he set you on a perhaps different direction? And that's where we can also look at, in light of our gospel today, being grasped and pulled out of sin. And that's where perhaps we get to this last kind of juxtaposition. So we've got gain and loss. We've got grasping and being grasped. And then the last kind of pair of things that Paul uses is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. The behind and the forward. Forgetting, straining. Because Paul is able ultimately, to now circle back when he says everything is lost, everything is rubbish compared to knowing Jesus. Well, he means that the only way is forward. The, the word to, to strain forward, to continue, it, it literally, it's, it's language that is often used in athletic kind of competitions. And Paul does this all the time in his, his letters. Remember, at the end of his life, he sums it all up by saying, I have run the race to the finish. 
He uses language like all the runners in the stadium compete and run, but only one gets the prize. So run, therefore, as to win. Same language here. Paul sees life as a race. And notice if you're running, whatever has happened, (laughs) whatever is behind you, it doesn't matter at all. Does it matter if you got off to a great start? Does it matter if you fell down? All that matters is the course that's in front of you. That's why he's able to talk about, I continue my pursuit toward the goal. And this this word in English, the goal, in Greek, it actually refers to the the, the marker at the end of a race course. So imagine you're, you're running down this course and you've got your sight set on the the, literally the, the goalpost at the end. That's how Paul sees life. And so when he says, forget what lies behind, well, first of all, that, that is sin. Any extent that we're headed the wrong direction, reaching out after the wrong things, trying to grasp things that aren't God or value things of the world more highly than God, certainly Paul means absolutely leave all that behind. That is definitely rubbish. And the beautiful message of our our gospel today is here we have a a woman who's caught in sin. Jesus literally grabs a hold of her and sets her off on a new course. Doesn't matter what she's done. Like, has anyone condemned you? None, sir. Okay. Well, then forget what lies behind and just look ahead. Go, therefore, and do not sin anymore. Jesus says that to all of us. Forget what lies behind. It doesn't matter what kind of sinner you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done, how unworthy you think you are. Forget all that. It's all rubbish. It doesn't matter in the light of the resurrection of Jesus. What matters now is what lies ahead. So certainly let go of, of, of sin. But there's a second that Paul began with, and that is even let go of all the good that you've done. Now, now why would we want to do that? Well, because... Paul is really clear. Everyone would have thought, Paul's arrived. Paul, you're, you're an amazing saint. You've, you've sacrificed your whole life to preach Jesus. You've done it. Good job, Paul. Sit and rest. If we focus even on the good that we've done, we might just want to sit and rest and think, well, we've arrived. And Paul is very clear. I do not say that I have arrived. I have not yet grasped the prize at the end. I still have more to go and I must keep fighting and straining and running for the finish line because I'm not there yet. That's also an important lesson for all of us. No matter what bad we've done, what even the good we've done, forget it, it's past. All that we have left is what lies before us. To run the race to the finish with everything we've got. Paul uses that beautiful word, straining. I know when I was running cross country, it was that that last little bit where you can see the finish line and you get that that second kind of wind that's just gonna make it, gonna make it. We've gotta have that kind of fight in this race. Paul ends it by saying just one thing. Now imagine this, Paul has written almost the entire New Testament and he says, just one thing. Right right away, our ears should perk up one thing. Paul, how could you boil everything down to one thing? He says, just one thing, 
forgetting what lies behind, but straining forward to what lies ahead, I continue my pursuit toward the goal, the prize. And what's the prize for Paul? God's upward calling in Christ Jesus. Literally, life on high with God. That's the prize at the end. Nothing earthly, that's all rubbish. Nothing you could grasp in this world, let it all go. The prize at the end of the race is life on high with Christ Jesus. You see why this, this passage is one of, one of my favorites. It's, it's Paul just saying, this is what's on my heart. You wanna know what motivates me, St. Paul? This is it, this is what motivates me. And it's so motivating that I'll lose everything else to gain this. I will try to grasp it with everything I've got, but know that Christ has grasped me and I am gonna strain forward for this last bit of the race with everything I've got. That's the message for us today as well. What's your testimony? What do you most wanna gain? What are you afraid to lose? What are, you, what are you grasping at? Do you know that you've been grasped by God? And as you look forward, can you forget what lies behind and strain forward for the prize? Do you want the prize? Do you want to share in the resurrection of Jesus? It's what Paul wanted more than anything, even to suffer greatly to get it. What is the prize that you're straining for? I pray that like St. Paul, we can say, we want the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. We too, want to know Christ and share in the power flowing from his resurrection.